Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Shortcomings, a Sex in the City podcast, where we dive into every episode of Sex in the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and as always, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm freezing. <laughs> how are you? I am well. You know, it's uh, snowy. What's the it's a snowy, holly jolly, snowy doughy? What's the snowy? <laughs> You know what lyric I'm talking about? Holly jolly, snowy doughy? It's a holly jolly Christmas. Is this a song? Yeah, holly jolly Christmas. Holly jolly snowy doughy is... It's a... A remix. But how... Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Have a holly jolly. But then I swear there's some song that talks about it being a snowy something sort of day. Sounds like a great song. I miss December. I would have been able to pull it off the top of my head if we were still at Christmas time, but Mm. now it's just that tree came down and I let a lot go, including my own happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, all is well here. You know, it's a long weekend. I've Mm. I've enjoyed it, even though I've had a ton of work to do. And here we are back on mic, you know. Back on the mic. It feels like it's been forever, but it hasn't. It's been one week. Yeah. Um, We're recording a bonus episode after this. We haven't done two in a row in a while. So -hmm. it's going to be completely unhinged by the end. (laughs) As it always is. So Mm -hmm. honestly, they may feel no difference at all. How are you? What, What have you been up to? I was skiing all weekend. You know, I was skiing up in the north. And... um. You know, I haven't been on a ski I think you should explain what that means or like that North Michigan, because that's oh, a Northern phrase Mich- people use and that you all use who live there mm-hmm. that pe- that isn't like, I, okay, it's, re- it's it must be regional to like, if yeah, you live I think in the Midwest. Say it. Yeah, but um, like maybe it's like how I would say go uptown and you didn't understand what that meant. I had no clue. But when you just say up north, like that doesn't mean any. I think like to most people, up north, you were in North Michigan. Yeah, in Michigan, what we call it is up north. You could be going two hours. You could be going five hours. It doesn't matter. If you're going up, you're going north. Yeah. So you went and up so north. And so that's what I was doing. I went up north and I went skiing and it was so much fun. I haven't been in a long time. But you have to remain in Michigan. Like you wouldn't say I'm going up north and you went to Canada. Right. No, I would just say I'm going to Canada. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Up north is like we're So that's why I was when I first heard it. I was like, okay, where? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, we um had the he had a great time. And I was getting <laughs> I was on the chairlift with a very nice man who is like a snowboarder. He had like blue hair and he was like really fucking cool. And I was like, do you mind if we put the bar down? You know, like I was like, because do people fall off of the chairlift? He goes, yeah, someone fell on my first day when I was working over in Big Sky, which is Montana, apparently. Had no clue. Yes, Big Sky. He goes. Shout out to that ABC show, Failed. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, yeah, I mean, someone fell off my first day at the chairlift. And I was like, are they okay? He looked at me. He's like, "Mm, they're dead. They're dead. And I was like, so we're putting the bar down. Okay. It does like, seem like something you would pass from. And a lot oh, of people yeah. have passed on this slope. Sonny Bono. Wait. Natasha Richardson. Yeah, and the ta- did Son- is that how Sonny Bono died? That feels like how he died. It feels right. Mm-hmm. Sonny Bono does. Oh, here we go. Tree. Well, that's not what you want to see. 
<laughs> Simply <laughs> Sonny Bono Trace. Yeah, that. Yeah, he was a short king. Yeah, skiing he accident. He was a former United States representative. Mm-hmm. He had quite a life. I think he was also a terrible man. Like he was abusive. Well, he was part of the Republican Party. And um, I he was abusive, and he also took all of her money when they broke up. What a fucking loser! And yeah, ski accident. Yeah. So um, shout out to that tree. Mm, horrible. Apollo. I'm sorry to the Bono family if you're offended. Sorry to the but, Bonos. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry to Cher if she's offended, but you can't mess with Cher. No. Um, you know, as a bit of housekeeping and as we slide into... Oh, you know what, actually? Let me just say something that's been on my mind. And I don't know if there's something I can do about it. And, you know, you're more online than I am. Why is Instagram so loud now? Why is everyone putting pictures, I mean, songs with every story? Songs with their photos? Yes. It's like, I can't just simply look at Instagram anymore. It's driving me insane. I think there's a feature. Can I turn it off? Yeah, I think there's a feature in settings where it's like, they don't automatically play the volume. Like I and it's also just because you're scrolling, you hear like you're my little boo thing. Uh, then you hear that fucking Barbie song. Then you're going into like yeah, dance and then all it's, night. You get like it's a weird like, one. Then you hear like Mariah Carey's Christmas song. Still, it's like mm-hmm. guys, outline sign for like um the end New Year's Eve. It's too cacophony. Cacophony. I agree. And I Instagram agree. is I meant to that. be a visual medium. It's not mm-hmm. an it's not an oral. This medium. isn't TikTok. Thank God. You know, I had to delete TikTok from my phone as an as an excuse to no longer even open them when people send them to me because they the like visual it just stresses me out the layout. I know I've I've gone on TikTok less than ever before lately, and it's because it's becoming just this like QVC HSN ripoff. Like everyone's also, selling me something, and it's so need in to, my face. I also don't need to see like just people in front of videos like pointing at stuff. Like look at that. I know. It's just not fun anymore, frankly. I'm good with Twitter. I'm good with, you know, my Instagram. That's where I reside. Yeah, so that's just my call. If you're putting things up. The photo of music. you and your dog, you don't need a you don't need a song. Yeah, and I get it. There's nothing I want to see more than that photo of you and your dog. You know what I hate? Is when the song is like really sad and it's like slipping through my fingers all the time. And it's their dog? Is the dog dead? Well, that's they they people love to put sad ass fucking music with their pets. It, are the pets dead? No, they're alive. Oh. I was like, they're well, alive. let's give them a little something if the pets No, dead. I'm gonna give them a little grace if they have a dead dog, <laughs> yeah. but fuck. I'm like, are you reading the caption? And is it like today we lost my yeah, It's like rest in peace, Teddy. It's like, okay. <laughs> and you're like, shut the fuck up with your ABBA. <laughs> no, it's so annoying. Um so that's just my call to action because I did nothing this weekend. I really um, just needed to rest and I needed a social break after a very busy last week and a very full this upcoming week. So to plug Patreon, what's going on over there? We are recording a bonus episode. We are going to, for the next few weeks on Patreon, the bonus episodes will be covering the traders because I don't know that I'm obsessed, but I am watching. And I've got a lot of questions, and I don't know what's going on, and we're going to yeah. get into it. You have a lot so of thoughts. If you're watching the traders and you're interested in our thoughts, that's going to be 
our bonus episode. We're going to cover the first three episodes this week, and that'll actually come out a little early. Apologies for to the patrons. We did miss last week because Sam was traveling and I had some work commitments. So you're going to get two bonus episodes this week, and we're just going to be chatting about the traders. And of course, the other things. Mm-hmm. What else is going on over there? Oh, Zoom meeting. Sam, pull up your calendar because I'm throwing this at you right now. Okay. The next Zoom call will be on Thursday, February 8th. Oh, okay. Does that work for you? That works. All right. Then it works for the patrons also. And we'll be posting that <laughs> on Patreon. And we hope you'll join us. We will be... Probably then on a brief hiatus from the like main podcast because we are going to take a small break before we dive into what's next the for the chapter. podcast. Um, you'll still be getting bonus episodes, so really, Patreon's actually going to become the way to keep up with us for a few weeks while we sort of regroup and figure things out and figure out. I don't know if we're going to need a new structure and how what mm-hmm. it'll look like and. I'm sure release schedule, it'll still be Wednesdays, but we've just got to figure some stuff out and take a little break between finishing out this crazy universe, which mm-hmm. who knows that, well, I guess we're not closing it out because we've still got to adjust like that We're closing three. out the Sex in the City well, the part si- of Now it. we are firmly, after today, actually leaving Sex in the City and entering... <laughs> And just like the that. Wild West with the Carrie Diaries. Oh yeah, fuck! Next I forgot week. about that. <laughs> I forgot now, about of course, the watch us like really enjoy the pilot and just go fuck it. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> How many seasons are there? One? I think there's only like two seasons, and I think there are only twelve episodes. So I could see us like, well, oh, we could breeze right through those, <laughs> and I could see us not doing one an episode, but watching them all. Wow. The I don't think they're long seasons, are they? Two two seasons. If it's 22, um, I can't do it. Let me look. Episode but it can't died. be. I feel like it's um, 10. I think it's like 10. The first they, season has 13. Yeah, and the second's probably five. And the, <laughs> and the second season That shit got canceled mid-season, I'm sure. 13. All right. I, it, sadly, I do see us finishing that show. Yeah. It, I mean, it ran from October to January. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, they got it now. They, got, they, they talk about a, a moose bouche. Yeah. But yeah, today marks the end of our Sex in the City journey. Um, I, of course, want to remind everyone that when you join us over on Patreon, you don't just get the bonus episodes that are um, forthcoming, but all of the past ones. So you get a lot of bonus content. If you're traveling and stuck in the airport, if you're stuck at home with the crime baby... Or just tired of listening to your the husband talk about sports, you can fire us up and drown out the worries of the world. But speaking of sports, go Lions. Sure. Um, don't know what that means, and I do not care. Okay. It means we made it to the playoffs for the first time in 32 years. It's a big, big deal over here. I is that the NFL? The NFL. The Lions as a football team. Well, good for them, I'm sure. It's just emotional seeing all the dads and stuff like on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter who have like tears in their eyes, just like they've waited for this their whole life. That's sad. That is sad. It's adorable. Um, Men should figure out better ways to deal (laughs) with their emotions if that's what's making them emotional, but whatevs. (laughs) 
Um, so that's Patreon. Mm-hmm. We appreciate everyone who supported us. Of course, we want to thank our iconic shorties, Margarita, Gina, Carlos, Lauren, Christina, Kimberly, Kate, Ainsley, Jenny, Stacy, Laura, Charlotte, Taylor, Alexandra, Dana, Laura Lee, Claire, Allie, Jen, Caitlin, Lindsay, Casey, Gloria, Justine, Alexandra, Trench School, Grace, Rachel, <laughs> Emma, Allison, Haley P, Haley D, Claire, Haley M, Erica, Avita, Emily, Holly, and Rachel for their support at the iconic level. Trench School just never, never doesn't make me laugh. It's just a real thumb in your ass when you hear it in the middle of that. <laughs> it's hard to go trench school, Grace. LED. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, trench school. We love you. Love you. Love, love you. Thank you for the support. Um, all right, guys. This is not going to be as long of an episode as last week. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it doesn't bear... Hmm. How to describe the same level of thought as the first one? No, you turn your brain off. You can't turn it on. Mm -mm. If you're looking to check out a life, (laughs) the power and know what it is to commit basic suicide so that you're no longer with us, Mm -hmm. turn this movie on. And trigger warning for that statement I just made, of course. (laughs) But. But you really will feel like you're no longer in the mortal plane. Like, Mm-mm. you're not in the known world when you're watching this. No, and it's delightful on the eyes. It's like watercolor. It's I like, actually found it at certain points too garish to even look at. The hat. There was just at points, it, the colors were making me angry. Wow. I felt the opposite. I, <sighs> I thought... This is the most beautiful these women have ever looked. Disagree on some of them. One of them. Samantha. Yeah, and I thought there was some tough angles on SJ. You did? At certain points. We'll get to that. I was like, ooh. Wow. No, she's never looked more beautiful to me and then in Just Like That season two. Oh my God. Well, that's... That's a that different was carry. like that lighting. That person was in love with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that person was like Carrie Russell meeting. I was going to say Jonathan Majors. That's <laughs> <laughs> not who she fell in love with on the set of um Matthew the Americans. Rice Matthew Reese. Reese. Matthew Reese. How dare Reese? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Reese. Reese. I know I forgot his name, but how dare you disrespect? Yeah, you called like him that. a whole other person. He's a beautiful man and my favorite actor. Shout out to brothers and sisters. Oh yeah, did you watch The Diplomat? No, I oh. love her, but there's only that was a Isn't bridge. Isn't he in trip. it? No, just her. No, he's in the movie. It's not a movie. It's a TV show. No, I know he's in the. She's in. He's in the show. I don't think he is. I swear he is. Hold on, Matthew Reese, Diplomat. Is he not? He's going to be in season two. Okay, who's in season one? I just her from what I've seen. It's one of the reasons I couldn't wrap my heart around it. It's every trip. I was like, can they get our one co-star I've seen before? Yeah, it was the people I've never seen. My mom and I tried watching it. Um, and look, I'll always have love for her because of course I was like a day one Felicity Stan. It's the reason I went to college. Whoa. Yeah, when she decided to not go to Stanford and follow Ben to New York. Wait, University of New York. 
not New York University, <laughs> to be with Ben Covington, I thought, I got to go to college. <laughs> As a, like a nine-year-old, I was like, I got right. I better look alive in school. Yeah. <laughs> better get to read. Reading. Yeah, because I've been, and of course I was always a diligent student, but I was like, all right, now I've really got to, I've got goals. You got to like amp this up. If I'm going to one day be Felicity Porter. Wow. I better get to work. And of course, I basically went to Stanford instead of New York Uni- University of New York because I followed no boy anywhere. Yeah. And in fact, I could have followed a boy somewhere and I didn't. So I guess I didn't really follow that dream. Hmm. But she got the, the juices flowing and she got your inspiration. She did. And, and it's it's really one thing we don't give Carrie Russell is a hair icon. B. It's really hard to have two iconic roles on television. Very few people do, and she has two. Felicity and the Americans. Oh. Now, I don't know about The Diplomat. I don't think that's going to be an iconic role, but she's being nominated for awards left and right. But that's because no one knows what the fuck is going on on television this year. I just realized they're nominating The Bear for season one. What do you mean? These nominations are not for the second season of the show. Okay. But like, who knows what's going on? What? I, I don't need it doesn't even compute For to the me. Emmys. Because, yes, and the Golden Globes. That's all season one. But then we're on White Lotus season two but, and but succession season succession four. Flat. But didn't the bear in succession season four air at the same time? Yes, pretty much. But then that's not true, apparently. So none of it makes this any is, sense this to is, me. This is this is tomfoolery. Yeah, this I doesn't. Like, I don't like this. I was like, none of this makes sense. I thought I beef want, came out in like 2019. I want everything to just go back to like standard format. Like, give us the. Don't even get timeline. me started on the Grammys. I can't figure out what the timelines for that are. Oh God. Sometimes I feel like songs come out, and I'm like, Have those I swear that come song. Out? Yeah, I think the Grammys are in like a week and a half. Oh fuck. Okay. I, I saw like I a blinked. commercial. I saw a commercial. Trevor Noah is hosting again. Who's hosting the Emmys tonight? From the Anthony past. Anderson. I won't be watching. I can't watch another award show for three hours just to watch Sarah Snook win an award. What? That sounds like a perfect reason to watch. No, I just they, she doesn't give good enough speeches. These award shows are mm. getting are more and more boring. I turned off the Critics' Choice Awards last night after 20 minutes. It's just like, I can't do this. There's just something about this award season is so... Well, A, it's one of those years where we know everyone, we know who's going to win everything, mm-hmm. particularly in the acting categories. And the interesting thing is, is for... Hmm. Two out of four of them I'm very happy with, Paul Giamatti and Davine Joy Randolph. Mm-hmm. I don't... And actually, I think Emma Stone is great in Poor Things. I just dislike the movie. And Robert Downey Jr., you know, he put on a wig, or I guess not a wig. He put on a bald cap mm-hmm. and was in black and white. Why didn't Everything you like in Oppenheimer. I just don't necessarily need to see Emma Stone having sex, like, as a childlike woman. Like, yeah. that's just not in my ministry, personally. Mm-hmm. And I just found it to be a movie that really went nowhere. I also found it garish to look at. 
Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it because just but people the trailer, love it. It gives me kind of anxiety watching the trailer. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's an anxiety-ridden movie. It's just it wasn't my favorite movie, and I usually really like the director Yorgos Lanthimos's work, and I loved the favorite. And the interesting thing is, is I think Emma Stone is who would I relate her to? Almost like Marion Cotillard or Ruth Nega. And the sense that mm-hmm. she is always watchable on screen. And sometimes I think her watchability gets excused for great acting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Ruth Nega and Marion Cotillard are also great actors. Sometimes I'm like, I think she just has big eyes and a like arresting face. And that's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know that she's giving a great performance. In the thing is, is, I think... The but actors I think she, I love Emma Stone. Though. Love I do. Emma. Like I think everyone a, in that room loves Emma. She's a great person. I don't think she's going to win uh, her second Oscar. It also just feels way too early in her career to have two Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I think that there'll be the feeling of we want to do the right thing. Who do you think is going to get the Oscar? Lily Gladstone, because it's mm-hmm. both she's good in the movie and it feels historic and right. And I mm-hmm. think that they've been. Very interested in that of late. Yeah. And and, and as they should be. Angie's also great in the movie. Mm-hmm. Even if I do think it is more of a supporting performance than a lead. Right. And that's just because Martin Scorsese is like, I don't care about women. <laughs> All right. So speaking of not caring about women, Michael Patrick King wrote a little ditty called Sex in the City 2. Yeah. Now, if you joined us last week, you know we are changing the structure up. Instead of a short, up-top little synopsis, we're going to give a larger synopsis as we talk about each woman. And then we're going to break down sort of questions about them, things that happen in their storyline. We're not going to go super uh, granular, just because we'd be, well, actually, we would have been here forever last week, and we honestly still were. Um, but with I know this Brian got one, that audio and said, "Oh my god, shoot me!" <laughs> um, with this one, we'd be nowhere if we try. If you actually tried to dig in too deep with this one, you, you'd like drown in a possible. puddle. Like, yeah, you wouldn't it would just know be like what waves happened. crashing over top of you, and you're trying to like get to shore. But it, no, it would be like me in a pool drowning in like one inch of water. It's like stand up, buddy. <laughs> Like you're like, there's nothing wrong with you. You, right? Like, get up. Yeah, because you would just be crushed by something so dumb. It is a frivolous <laughs> movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of where we're going structurally. In terms of a few stats about the film before we start breaking it down, it was released on May twenty seventh, two thousand ten, two years after the first movie. So it was greenlit really quick. Really quick. And wow, wow, wow. It did make $294.7 million on a $95 million budget, so it was a hit. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that it did somehow cost $35 million more million than the first movie. Or $30 million. I think the first one was 60 no, Or 60 or 65 So mm-hmm. I just don't know that why this movie cost so much more money. Uh, I, to they... get everyone to Morocco? I think so. I, but... Right? I guess. The clothes, I think, were more luxe. Were they? Yeah. S- the sets? 
No, not them sets. Because uh, there were some of those sets on Abu Dhabi. different experiences. That hotel room. Because I thought I've never seen a more glamorous room. Looked like a CBS <laughs> sitcom. What? It just, to me, looked like four rooms. It just wasn't giving luxury. That hotel didn't look like anywhere I'd want to stay. Chris, I was like, this, this That big-ass nasty pool, just like Are waiting pool. With those cabanas, I was like, this is the pinnacle of luxury. <laughs> like, I was living. Ugh. I was. It I was, was the 29th. I, when I saw the hotel, I go, this oh, is gorgeous. No. I don't know what I expected to see when we kept cutting to Carrie's face, looking so, ha- like, excited again and again and again and again. She was in, in her Maybach. I-, I thought we were going to see, like, Jesus. And when we yeah. saw that gray hotel. I didn't like the outside of it. It looked it, a little CGI'd. <laughs> but in like I'm a just, horrible way. I'm just saying it definitely to me was giving cheap set. Mm, even the inside? Yeah. Wow. Chris. And given just like throw more pillows down. That means luxury. It does. Those satin pillows. <laughs> I was like, this is a dream. And just so many sitting rooms. The salons. And then for them to have to share a room. Oh, roomies. So there are only three bedrooms in that space? Yeah. That's not good. Well, Samantha, you know, it was a free trip. But in your, first of all, either your main deluxe suite should be one bedroom. And Mm -hmm. like, you're just, or it needs to be like 500 and like 800 girls can get in there and get it for like 50 bucks a night. Like you do it in college. Well, no wonder he needed PR for his hotel. It's just like three bedrooms and one of them's a double. And the beds were like right next to one another. It wasn't even two rooms connected by a bathroom. I see your point. I see your point. I was, I think I was just fooled by the rich colors. Like the jewel tones. (laughs) I think I was fooled. Some of the rooms didn't even have doors. It was just like. You're right. (laughs) They didn't have doors. Wow. You're really peeling back like layers. You're taking my rose colored glasses off and I'm seeing real life. It's like a started privacy here. Oh, wow. All right, wow. it was the 20 And the bathroom puppy. really was just a tub. That claw tub. <laughs> and I stool. didn't see a sink. I didn't see a toilet. I said nothing. I saw nothing. <sighs> it was the 29th highest grossing movie of 2010. And this movie was shockingly awarded no major awards, but it was recognized by the Razzies. Remember them? For worst Did actress. Do anymore? I think they canceled them. I think people were like, look, we don't need this anymore. The internet is nasty enough. We don't need a group of people to be nasty and like tell everyone they're nasty. Mm. The Razzies are Twitter. Okay. So the best, the Razzie Award for Worst Actress was split between the four leads. They also won the Razzie for Worst Ensemble. So it also feels like, couldn't you just have knocked them out with one? Right. No, they said we're going to slam you twice. twice. And it also won worse sequel. It won three Razzies. Yeah, and it deserved all of them. I would have slammed them with... No, Michael Patrick King was nominated for worst director and worst screenplay and somehow didn't win those. So it seems only the women got slammed. I need to know what beat Michael Patrick King. Um, Probably like, that's my boy five or something. Yeah, like the Sharknado... Yeah, something with Adam Sandler. 
Um, okay, Golden Raspberry Awards 2011. Do, 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 do. Jack and Jill. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. I swear to God. The way that you knew that. <laughs> also nominated that year was... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. This was a little bit off, actually. It was wrong on the main Wikipedia. It oh. would have won this award in 2010. And the worst screenplay went to The Last Airbender by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> now, I don't know what that is. Also nominated that year were Little Fockers. Something called oh. simply Vampires Suck. Oh, wow. And Twilight Saga Eclipse. Well, fucked up. Um, I think, yeah, no, Little Fockers no, tracks. Little Fockers no, was a terrible movie. Yeah, now let's see who won, hit, beat him over best. Well, also M. Night Shyamalan for The Last Airbender. What is that? It sounds like I a know, movie I've heard of. Of course I know um, M. Night Shyamalan. Of course. I, I've never, it says Four Nations, One Destiny. Hmm. No, I'm not going to look anymore into that. All right, so what's your history with this movie? When did you first see it? I saw it when it came out. I saw it when it came out, and I got to tell you, Chris, I don't think I've watched it many a time since. And you reading the numbers that it it got 200, how much? I saw this movie three times in theaters, so I did not help it get to that 297. Wow. 294. Yeah, so it got 294. I'm telling you, movies would kill to be making that. To be the 29th highest grossing movie of that year and be making to be the 29th highest million. grossing movie of this year, you'd have to make like one million dollars, right? You like no one like Iron Claw, I think, made 30 million. Wow, like that's a that's considered a flop. Well, no, I think it's just that's crazy. considered a hit these days. Isn't that crazy though? So, my relationship with this movie is I was a big Sex and the City girl at this point. I had like watched the show and everything like all the way through, like many times. You'd seen um, the movie in your friend's basement. Seen the movie. Now, this movie, I remember seeing it in theaters. And then I also remember watching it maybe one or two times after that. But I'm telling you, I haven't seen this movie in years. It is shocking to me this movie has not been scrubbed from the internet like the Star Wars Holiday Special or I rented Bethany it on Ever Amazon After. Prime for $4. I bought it for $12.99. I'll you do you one it? better. Because I thought... You're going to revisit I'll be, I'll be circling back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm going to tell you something. I loved this movie. I oh, when thought I to first myself, saw this is better than the first one. No. When I first saw this movie, so I remember uh, we were at the beach at Emerald Isle. We had had a nice trip. Driving back with my friend Courtney, we get back. I'll tell you, I took a shower, left the house instantly, went right mm-hmm. to the theater. I had plans to see with a friend the next day, and I could not wait. I remember sitting there from moment one and thinking, I must let go of basic this is the first time i'm sure people have actually heard me say this on this podcast about things and this is the first time i ever uttered this sort of sentence which is you can like this if you let go of like the basic rules of what a movie is supposed to be Mm -hmm. like if you let go of like the idea of a beginning a middle and an end structure Structure. basic (laughs) sense yeah um 
You know, most people will say of a movie, you want conflict, conflict, conflict in every scene. Um, you always You're not going to get that. You always want to know in every scene what your character wants, and they should always be striving to achieve it. No. None of that happens. <laughs> and And maybe Michael Patrick King felt like, I know the rules, so I'm going to break them all. I, and he broke them. He broke them. But so when I first saw the movie back in 2010 and a few times after that, I didn't like the movie. I'm telling you, I fell in love with this movie in this rewatch. Oh, I thought you meant you liked it back then. Oh, no, 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 no. I was disgusted by this <laughs> film back in the day. I'm saying now. Oh, well, then we're going to have quite a conversation. I thought to myself, this is better than the first one. <laughs> I couldn't. I hate this movie so much. Wow. But okay, but in a way that is like deeply, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not like in the mood for this today. Mm. I think this movie needs to be watched. First of all, it's snowy, it's cold out. It's like a bourbony day. This is a movie meant to be enjoyed on a summer day with the windows open and a glass of rosé in your hand. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say that, that feels com- more comforting than me like, having to order a a Target same day delivery heater to be delivered to me. Right. Yeah. The yeah, first yeah. movie is a snowy blanket on winter film, old fashioned winter film. You mm. just cozy up and let the tears stream down your face in the way winter was really meant to be. It is also a fall movie, you know, con- mm-hmm. contemplated Especially every season but summer. Honestly, it could be considered a summer movie for the lighter moments. You know, it's... Sorry. It's every season, the first movie, because you're going to get a little bit of everything. This one, to me, only exists... This is August. This is the the, hottest, the height of summer. You need to be basically sticky from heat to enjoy this film. And I was freezing cold, and I loved every minute. Wow, 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 wow. I was shocked, Chris. I was blown away by this movie. It was movie magic. Let's talk about just how this movie opens, which Please. is not with Empire State of Mind and Carrie making reference to Native Americans being grifted out of Manhattan by white mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. as an entree point to her coming to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was like, the structures go up, skyscrapers are built, and we come to the city. I didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. I didn't either. A little I was Dutch, too busy a little doing beads. The... And then we cut to a little song called Rapture. One of the first rap songs by Blonde, Blondie that went number one, I believe. Very important in the history of hip-hop. Fab Five Freddy told me everybody's fine. It's one of my favorite songs. But to have to see this with these women looking so disgusting in this 80s... When they did the flashbacks. Yikes. I know. It just they felt even gave so, SJB her mole. It felt so flashback. TV, like, cheap. It felt like Carrie Diaries. <laughs> like, I was like, why are we doing this? This is a big budget movie. Didn't it feel cheap to you, just the way it looked? That was, yes. And the cuts, I, like, oh, now a cab's passing her and she's got a different outfit on. It's like, guys, come on. And also, they looked hideous. Right. And I know people They didn't look silly. younger. They just looked like they were in crazy <laughs> costumes. Right. It looked like Halloween. Yeah. 
It was also, terrible. Like I didn't people, like that part. I know people looked crazy in the 80s, but I don't think they look like that. No, that was like circus clowns. Miranda? And to have her look that disgusting and then to look that beautiful in that gold dress. it That haircut? I'm like, you no. would never be friends with someone with Remember that Remember when Tyra Banks gave that one girl that haircut on America's yes. Next Top Model? That mm-hmm. season they went to China? Oh, yeah. And then that girl won, and I was like, no, she's got to keep that haircut. I think her name was like Shalita. Mm-hmm. But then oh she had that God. big controversy. Did she? Mm-hmm. What happened? Did she pass? She was. If I'm thinking of the of the same person, I believe she was in a Wendy's commercial pre America's Next Top Model, and that was part of the rules: as you couldn't be in any sort of like print or advertising prior to the show. Oh. So I think they took her crown. Did they get a crown? No, but I think they took the, like the imaginative crown. Wow, she was beautiful, but that She's haircut. I, I just remember thinking, let's not. Although that whole show was just like making beautiful women look worse with those haircuts, and it was a lot of like, oh, you're on the plus whole, size, no one. She was a size six. No one looked better after Tyra got the, her hands on him. What do you mean? Like those haircuts they were giving those girls. Like I don't think one person fared well. I disagree. You think so? Because mm-hmm. I remember going back I and touching Tyra down during that knew, controversy. Her and Miss J knew what was going on. Go back, because I looked at some Oh, no, of them. some they were just, in my mind, some of them Tyra knew were going to terrorize this girl. Let's terrorize yeah. her. You think? Remember when She's they made that? She's used to being the hot blonde bombshell in Oklahoma. Well, buckle up, sister. You're getting a pixie cut, and it's going to be red. Remember when they made that poor girl like pretend to be death when her friend had just died, and they the knew seven deadly sins. Yeah, mm-hmm. so many race swaps, blackface. All yeah, the time. a lot of blackface on that a lot show. Of blackface on that show. All right, back to a show that thankfully had no blackface. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> and shockingly. So we open with this and we, you know, meet, figure out how all the girls met, meet. I think that um, the one that rings the truest to me is Miranda and Carrie. The idea that Carrie would have been working at um, as a sales girl and that Miranda would be crying in the bra department or something. Mm-hmm. That to me feels very true and why their relationship is so intimate. Um, and then we head by way over to Stanford and Anthony's wedding. If I hear the word gay wedding one more time. Gay wedding, gay wedding, gay wedding, gay wedding. I know, she gay even wedding, had to look at Vega at some point and was like, please stop saying that. It's just a wedding. But then after that, but not one second earlier, when you just when you thought everybody was married, here come the gays. Yeah. And we walk best, in and it's a best white, gay friend's marrying my best gay friend. It's a winter white. Yeah, it's Askut Gavut from My Fair Lady. Like, <laughs> do you know that? Have you seen My Fair Lady? You know when they go to the racehorse and like everyone's like, "That's exactly what it felt like." And they all had top top hats on. It is just madness in the worst way. Again, though, you didn't like it. What is this venue? So they're at this hotel. If you really think about, they're at an inn in somewhere, and it doesn't seem like this inn can host this wedding. Right. So that's what I mean. If you look at the outside of the inn they are at, mm-hmm. then you think about the, cor- the, out- the 
that this inn seemingly has some sort of corridor indoor structure mm-hmm. that is holding this wedding that is separate than the golf course that mm-hmm. we see later. Mm-hmm. Madness. Madness. Um, how and Carrie f- looks fucking crazy. Now look, having just With that gotten crown? To the, having just gotten like, to the Gilmore Girls Bradshaw. episode where Rory dresses as in a suit oh. for Richard and Emily's vow renewal and looks stunning. Stunning. To see this ill-fitting suit with that sloppy crimped. tie. That crimped hair. That crinkle-cut French fry hair. Yeah. <laughs> Otis. Otis. What are they called? They're the Otis fries? Yeah. I, I'm... Well, I was disgusted. I didn't mind the crown. Chris. Huh. It did feel just like, why not? Like It felt very Maleficent. It was insane. The, but like, at that point, we had seen so much craziness. Well, at that point, it was like, they were talking about cheating and open relationships. And then you got Steve like, well, it is our business. I'm like, sir, do you want us to put you on Front Street? Please. <laughs> Let's talk about you. Because you're fresh back in the group. I will tell you right now, Miranda's never looked better. We'll get to that. So, I don't know. I hated this whole wedding thing. I also was just thinking, like, I think it's such a disservice to the original series that they never really explained where Marcus went. To Mm -hmm. our knowledge, they were incredibly happy. Although I guess the last time we talked about their relationship, he said like they haven't had sex in like a certain amount of months, but they. But that was it. They never kind of tied that up. But then they remain together. Although, wait, is it in no? And then in season six, they break up briefly when he finds out he's a prostitute. But then they get back together at prom. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it just seems like we should have seen them break, or at least heard like a mention of it. Stanford and Marcus had broken up at some point it just seems like why aren't we getting that full information and also i've forgotten how much of the courtship of anthony and stanford we just never see and we're meant to like Same. believe this i'm supposed to like just put this all together after they kissed at that new year's eve party and no one ever asks them a question and the most th- these four people two of whom are their best friends can muster is Every it's musical chairs. They were the last two last standing. Two standing. Yikes. That is such a mean thing to say. I mean, it's true, but Jesus Christ. I know. I was like, Oof. I mean, is it how I'm going to end up at an Ascot Govet wedding in <laughs> Connecticut? Probably. <laughs> then we got to talk about the musical numbers, and we can talk about both of them because there are two. Yeah. What did you think, Eliza? Eliza. <sighs> Coming if you out, like it, then you should have put a ring on it. I was, I'm not trying to be rude or mean. I was genuinely concerned for like her safety. I wasn't because I guess I just knew that Lisa was well during this point. I had just seen her on Broadway and she'd done a great job doing her one woman show at the palace. Yeah. But it just doesn't, I just don't. I think it's just like, why, why is why? she singing single ladies? Well, that I understand because, you know, there is a certain sickness in heterosexual people 
And I've only ever seen this at heterosexual weddings that will just make single people parade up and dance to that song. Now, I have stayed firmly in my chair, but it is something that like, all right, now every all the single single people get to the dance floor. Yeah, like all the single ladies get up and dance. And if you have done that, you should be shot to ask that your single friends get up and parade themselves around dancing to this song, this 15th rate Beyonce single, no one ever wants to hear again. Horrible. Parading themselves like at a like at an auction for a drunk groomsman who wants to get a little something on the side. And I'm not speaking from any personal experience. <laughs> you don't sound like it. And it's just sick. So I that do know that so song upsetting. will be played. And you are meant to be like, uh, uh, oh, and it's like, no. Or the girls who like really want to get like their boyfriends to propose and then they're like. Yeah, like it's, they'll play that, they'll play that song and it is meant solely to, and it is like all the single ladies get to the dance floor. Ladies, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Stay firmly in your seat. Mm -hmm. Go to the bar. And then we get a second musical number when we're in Abu Dhabi. The women decide to get on up mm-hmm. and sing I Am Woman. Hear me roar. A song I had not heard in years before this movie or outside of the context of this movie since. Same. In fact, I don't know that I've ever heard the original. Well, who sings it? I am woman, hear me roar. I can really only sing it in the... T- I don't... Mm-hmm. Donna Summers? It's summer. There's no S. Oh, summer, summer. Yeah, no, it's by a woman named Helen Reddy. I love that we're saying like some woman, like she's probably like Grammy award winning, like <laughs> superstar. I never heard of her. Hold on, what else does she sing? What are her big hits? Well, her political party is Democrat. I don't know why that's more important than her. Now, watch her have also been a famous like congresswoman, <laughs> like, senator. <laughs> First female president we didn't know about. Hmm, this Wikipedia is long. Really? She raised millions of dollars for Democratic political candidates. She became a nas- she became a naturalized citizen from Australia, and she was appointed to the California Department of Parks and Recreation. What? Now, I'm not getting any other songs by this woman. So she's just a one. Oh, she's also wonder. a huge actress. What? Oh wait, no, this is all of her appearing as herself in like, no, Sam, like hundreds of things she appeared in her, as herself on. What? What do you mean? <laughs> Up until like 2020. Helen, Helen Reddy. I've never seen this. She died in 2020. I've never seen her. I okay, can't she say. She was in go- Pete's Dragon. I'll be your candle in the water. That's it. Did she write that? Let's see. I can't say goodbye to you. I am woman. I mean, candle on the water. Okay, so that's the song. Wait, was that the song? I, yeah, I'll it's be It's not your, easy. Um, Brazzle Dazzle Day. She did a lot of music. Yes, yeah, she sounds like a great woman. Wow, I, good for I her. wish she wasn't besmirched by this performance. And the thing that makes the performance terrible to watch is how into it Sarah Jessica Parker is. Oh, this was her idea. She's you know just one this was her of those idea. actors who wants to sing. Mm-hmm. She's like, I got to show that I can sing. I can do it all. I did think it was cute that I 
the moment where Kristen Davis starts singing too early. And I feel like maybe that was just Kristen Davis and they left it in. I think so, too, because it was very cute. But other than that, this is not a movie that needed one musical number. Let alone two. Let alone two. Now, why do you think the soccer team was included? The or rugby the rugby team? team? I think just because they're hot, masculine men singing I Am Woman. And then we needed to see them in the pool taking their little Speedos off. Yeah, we did. All right. I did you have a, a favorite like candy? Did you need a favorite? Did you have a favorite cameo in this movie? We got Tim Gunn, Penelope Cruz. I did get excited. Miley to see Cyrus. Tim Honestly, I liked Penelope Cruz. I thought she played a great. I thought that was disgusting. How dare they bring Penelope Cruz, who I believe at this point was an Oscar winner, in yeah. for such an uh, inconsequential role. Was it inconsequential? She was there for one second. It thrust Big and Carrie into this other what? part of into their relationship. What? Continuing to talk about whether or not they should have a TV in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. It was a catalyst. It was idiotic. <laughs> they threw her in a simple black dress. She didn't even I mean, look because she's too beautiful, Chris. Okay, but every everything else in this movie is a feast for your eyes, and they were like, "Is Penelope put on an LBD?" <laughs> she looked stunning samantha was wearing a bejeweled dress strapless like, mini dress strapless mini dress with thigh high boots smiley cyrus had on a like a necklace that could spear your eyes out yeah and, and like penelope can't wear something more chic than that i think wasn't she supposed to be like a financier or she was like the head of the bank of madrid and at this point i'm just like just make her penelope cruz I was wondering if they, when I first saw her, I was like, wait, is she just her? It's like, what's going on here? Because why is the president of the Bank of Madrid out of at a movie premiere? Talking to list movie. You know who? You know what movie Jared would be in? Anyone but you? Randall Emmett's movies. No, he's not that bad. Smith? No, he would be the fictional character of Smith. He would be in like anyone but you. I would put him definitely at um that Hong guy's Kong? level. Glenn what is Powell's that guy? Level? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Like he it, started out thinking... somewhat. He started out somewhat promising and has just fell down, fallen down the rung. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody! One some exclamation point! One of the great movies, and I had such high hopes for Glenn Powell, and then I don't know what's going on over he there. He went to Top Gun. Yeah, I can't believe they're making another one. I I know. Men are going to lose their fucking I minds. just wish Tom Cruise... You know what? Let me not say that. What? I was going to say, I just wish... If he's going to continue to parade himself and do all these stunts, mm-hmm. basically trying to kill himself in front of us, mm-hmm. succeed. <gasps> and I know like he is like America's movie star. And guys, look, I saw that Mission Impossible movie about two or three years ago. And mm-hmm. I got swept up under his spell, too. I was like, this man's a star, okay? This is mm-hmm. one of the reasons I don't see his movies anymore, because he does hypnotize. He pulls you back in. I you forget for everything terrible he's ever done. Yeah, like, I saw that Mission Impossible movie and was like, whoa, this man's charisma. This and I was honestly <laughs> like, whatever Scientology's doing for him, thank God for it. And how do I get some? <laughs> I think he's out. He's not. I don't think he's a Scientologist anymore, Chris. No, he I, he's living at he's living at the base camp in Florida still. No. Yeah. 
I also think he did something really nice for that SAG woman. I'm not saying he's not a nice man. From all I've heard, he's lovely. Wow. I know someone who's met him. Except for when he doesn't see his kid. Because she's a SP. He's seeing Connor and Olivia. Yep, they don't see Nicole. Connor and, not Olivia, Sophia. Connor and Matilda? Connor and, hmm. But he doesn't see Sophia. I love that I googled Connor and as if that was going to be enough. (laughs) (laughs) And I wasn't going to see Connor and Shiv. Connor and... Connor and... Connor and... Connor and Cruz... You know what's funny? Hmm. Hmm. Now, I knew these kids were adopted, but I wasn't expecting Connor Cruz to be black. <laughs> <laughs> like, he popped up and I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> and again, I'm, I love that I'm still not seeing Connor, Tom Cruise kids' names is the better Google. All right. Isabella. Isabella. We were close. Yeah, SP. SP. They're SPs. Or Nicole's an SP. Thank God she's got Sunday Rose. And then Suri is an SP to Tom. Well, I'll never forget a headline on a newspaper. It was a Us Weekly, I believe. And it was Suri just sitting up field. And it said her lonely life. And I thought she's three. That's so sad. (laughs) I was like, this child. I'll just never forget the day... Katie Holmes, it was five years after her divorce from Tom Cruise and her divorce paperwork had said, you have to wait five years to go public with someone. That same day she went public with Jamie Foxx on the beach. I'll never forget it. She's beautiful, sorry. Stunning. Really cute. All right. Back to Sex in the City. Um, my favorite cameo was probably Tim Gunn because it was quick. Mm, it was quick and a surprise. Yeah. And then... Before we start getting into the women, we got to talk about this movie's relationship to two things. Mm. I've forgotten how deep the financial crisis (laughs) is embedded in this film. Oh, yeah. And as someone who graduated in 2010 with a degree in Victorian literature and film and had to go out looking for a job with that under my belt, only to become a barista... Before slipping into whatever career I found myself in these days. Dragging myself out of a hole, dodging creditors for all my 20s. (laughs) You know what I don't need to see is this shit. It was real. Yeah. I was like, people... Or lost their homes. It got to these girls. It's kind of like that one episode of Real Houses of New York when Jill was doing that interview about the financial crisis. Right, and she had more understanding of it than this film. But did she? Than this movie where it's just like, something's going on and Big's like, I'll buy another apartment. Oh, (laughs) I'll buy you a diamond. I'll buy you jewelry. And you know those plasmas were not cheap back then that was like a five thousand dollar tv and i understand apparently the impulse of and i think this was michael patrick king's impulse which is um things are tough we want decadence we want to see wealth we Mm -hmm. want to see our girls having the best time i don't think we do (laughs) 
Because not the, at or this if time. we do, then you need to basically not mention it. Because right. now it feels almost so insensitive to that ta- time. And look, again, it may be because like every night I fall asleep to old episodes of The View during this specific time. So it's like I'm constantly living that financial crisis You're living through the, the lens of <laughs> Josephine Ukudo mm-hmm. and the girls. But wow, I was like, this is madness. To see the amount of florals in their apartments and the couches and the drapes. I was like, this level of wealth is why people want to eat the rich. It felt like very Marie Antoinette. And it was just so, like, not the show. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't have the sort of gritty New York feel of the show. It just feels so... It felt cotton candy. Felt like a different world. But like when you've just eaten like 18 things of cotton candy and you followed it up with some dip and dots and you just feel like shit. And then you shit your pants. <laughs> That's what this movie is. And I I have to say, I remember feeling that way, I think, when I first saw it. Because we were in the throes of this panic. Um, seeing it now, I thought... I was more sick. Oh, I wasn't. Mostly because, was like, look, uh, by the way, we're not out of it. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're definitely right not out of it. it. I had to buy a portable heater from my apartment today. Like, we're down Well, I was referring bad. to inflation, not the fact that you didn't check to see if your, like, walls kept in heat before you rented this apartment. I didn't think I had to, Chris. Like, um, You're you talking know. more about, like... Inflation, gas prices, for like tomatoes. People people can't afford groceries. You know, people are insulin and prices are up. You know the the you know what the issues we call kitchen table issues for most families. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this movie ain't covering them, and yet it wants to continually mention the financial crisis. That's what I don't understand. And it's mentioning it. It's like. It's like that season of Grey's Anatomy that decided to take on COVID. And it's like, no, we're in it, baby. And then you know what they did the next season? They put a little, um, like, lawn or a bump bum up top that said, COVID don't exist no more. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. I, what was the thing Carrie said where she was like, it's been two years of financial crisis? We could or sell our apartment. Right. Given the financial crisis, it wasn't a great time to sell our apartment. And then Samantha says, I've been through recessions and bad business deals, and I just want to be rich. And it's like, guys, come on. Please. Oh, you all, first of all, you all are rich. It was actually surprising to me at the end when they're like, tw- first of all, we've been talking about this movie for way too long. Okay, we're back. I don't know what happened. Okay. I was saying we've been talking about this movie for way too long already. We haven't even gotten to any of the women. And I was just about to make another point that when they say that the mo- the room costs $22,000 a night, I sort of expected them to be like, yeah, we can afford that. I thought that that's what they were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like oh, is that real? I was like, but I was like, between the four of you, I don't, I- I'm honestly not having a hard time seeing you all having that level of money. Right. One of, like, one of your outfits, Carrie, seems to cost that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Like, are we too. supposed to assume that their clothes don't cost the amount they cost? I, I don't think so. I think we're supposed to think that they cost a pretty penny. 
Okay, I, it just makes no sense. And of course, the movie also has a crazy relationship to race that just is almost untenable to talk about. Right. When they were sitting there watching that woman eat French fries, Lifting I have bail. never been so uncomfortable mm-hmm. in a Sex in the City scene. I was like, this is, how could they film this and think this was right? There was definitely a lot of moments like that. I definitely thought this is why Cynthia Nixon didn't win that gubernatorial bid. The Because mo- of this movie? <laughs> yeah, it's like, just pull clips from this and be like, okay, you want to pretend to be progressive now? What were your thoughts on this, ma'am? You know, but we do see a little bit of... Um, do we? You know, and just when like she, that, Maria, la, 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 When she says that at the end, when the guy's doing, she's trying to get out of there. You're right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's perfect. She's look. She might be the best of them. No, that's Charlotte. Because Charlotte it? doesn't mention it at all. Well, she does accuse them all of being anti-Semitic when she says she doesn't want to use her Jewish name. Oh, that was tough and an unnecessary thing to even put in there. I know she was like Goldenblatt, not or you're York, not Goldenblatt, and she was like, "Hello, it's the Middle East." That's mm-hmm. especially given everything that's going on. Yeah. Let's get into the girls. Yeah, it feels tough to sort of work our way out of that. Um, so as we discuss the four girls, I do just want to make sure that we're um, sort of thinking about how this movie sets us up or doesn't for in just like that, because this is sort of our... The last... Bridge mm-hmm. into in just like that. So let's start with Miranda and a little synopsis. Miranda and Steve are in a much happier place in their marriage, but she is struggling with work-life balance and sexism. She takes the vacation in Abu Dhabi well, but ultimately can't help but bring some Rambo energy to the proceedings. At home, she decides to begin work at a new firm that seems a bit more diverse and, like, works outside with kebabs. Yeah. Less stuffy. I was like, it's a corporate... She's still doing corporate law. I don't know what's happening here. Well, I thought that as well. And it seemed to be she was on the edge... They were on the edge of the world. (laughs) (laughs) No, they looked that... That rooftop terrace was... (laughs) It looked like they were about to fall off. Yeah. But it was weird because they had her in such a good place with work and joining this new firm and maybe having a different work-life balance. And then when we see her in just like that, she's like... Well, it does note, it does, if you listen, she is still doing the same type of corporate law. Got it. And she does say, and in Just Like That, that it took the um, Muslim ban, which is ultimately what radicalized her. Mm -hmm. Um, And she put on her pussy hat and went down and wanted to help and change her, use her law degree for something good. Now, there isn't really much to talk about Miranda here. I think that everything she's up to in this one is a complete waste of the talents of Cynthia Nixon. Other than the I fact that I guess say, she had a huge storyline in the first movie, so it I felt like maybe they were like, hey, we girl, you can, you can rest. We, I but it's not like, like anyone else got a big one. I think Charlotte did. No. I think Charlotte finally got something. Okay, she got we something, walk- but it was nothing. Yeah, but compared to what we it had It was before, one scene. I disagree. And by the way, a movie that is longer than the first one. Yeah. But I liked when she was like at the bar with Miranda and they were having drinks and they were getting drunk and talking about motherhood. 
Okay, we'll talk about that in a bit because that falls under the Charlotte section, but we will get to that. Now, you did mention something earlier, and I do agree. Cynthia Nixon has never looked more beautiful than in this movie. Radiant. And the, I don't know why they are not giving her this haircut and color and then just like that. Why are they not dressing her the way that they've dressed her in this movie? The gold she's wearing at points. Honestly, I when I think of this movie, I think of the wedding look. Mm, the black long sleeve thing. Yeah, but it's and, and it's also short, which I always forget about. Mm-hmm. But my favorite look is the all-white skirt with the hat at the souk that mm. she wears with Carrie. Every look is more stunning than the last. Gorgeous. I mean, she looks incredible. The makeup on light, her is amazing. Flowy. She's less severe. Mm-hmm. She's got an easy breezy kind of attitude. Like, I feel like she's in a better place. They're hitting her with lines like we got a lot of Abu Dhabi to do. Abu Dhabi do. Abu Dhabi do. Friend intervention. Definitely fucking. I'm going to turn this friend intervention into a fun Fun intervention. And I thought Michael Patrick King really took his pen out and said, I'm going to show the girls a little something today. (laughs) And he should have. Stabbed himself in the hand like Dorinda with that knife and wherever they were. <laughs> Mexico. Because some of the lines in this movie are yikes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Abu Dhabi Do was one thing. The Jude Law. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. When they're at lunch after the wedding and she says, I've tricked my body into thinking it's the thinner. Specs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, this this woman is a Tony winner. This woman is one of the, I believe, the only Broadway actor to ever star in two Broadway shows at the same time because she was in the first act of one show and the second act of another and would run across the street to do both. That is how in demand she was. And she's saying, Abu Dhabi do. Spanx. I'm on the one-a-day Fruity Pebble plan. (laughs) what the fuck is Miranda talking about what does that even mean like it's one fruity pebble a day who eats one fruity pebble I think she's saying like that's her little treat one fruity pebble that doesn't make any sense I I think that's that's not like one M&M like or one french fry I think that's not a like that's not a saying pebbles or, or Steve does. <laughs> That's not a thing. Like, it's just such a leap. It's such a crazy reference. Like, if you if that is what it means, what you're saying, like, her little treat is one thing, there are better <laughs> images for what that one thing could be. A fruity pebble is like a piece of sand. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. I really let all logic fall to the wayside while I was watching this. Like, the more I'm thinking about it, the when more I'm watching I'm it, all of this makes sense. I'm the like more I'm thinking yeah. about it, the matter I'm getting. It's like I know, but now the- you're describing it to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, this movie. Yeah, so there's not really much going on with Miranda. We'll touch on her a little bit later with Charlotte. So let's get into Samantha. Samantha's back in New York and she's got a new office in Times Square. We get a sense that she and Smith are still in touch, and she goes to a movie premiere as his date, and we get an appearance from Miley Cyrus for some reason. 
She's given the career opportunity of doing PR for a hotel in Abu Dhabi. She meets Ricard Spurt, and they break some modesty rules and get kicked out of the hotel. She then has a confrontation with a group of men at the at the souk before they leave. And at home, she enjoys sex with Ricard on the 4th of July. <laughs> what do you think of Samantha's storyline in this movie? It's all about her wanting to get fucked. But then her sexuality is played fast and loose. Like one second, she's literally saying that she sees all the rugby guys and she can't get it up. Then not a second then, later, well, she's she starts super hard for Ricard. I think she started eating the but, yams. No, she'd already been eating the yams. She actually says, I'm not eating more yams after she sees them. So it's just like the movie can't even keep straight, like, it its was, own logic. It was very apparent to me. The, and then the half Suzanne Summers involved. between her and the other women. In oh, this see, movie. I thought they were actually stuck. I felt like they were like, you know what? If we're doing this, we're sticking you all together. Like I no, felt I like think I, I felt, felt a like disconnect. a studio. I felt like a studio note saying, "If we are paying for this movie, put them together. We're not shipping one off to this place or that one." I don't know. I felt a disconnect with them. I don't know. Every scene is just the four of them sitting around doing nothing. I think you're forgetting. I think you're forgetting yeah. that most of this movie is them literally sitting literally around just doing sitting nothing around together. Yeah, it's You're right. scene after scene after scene of nothing happening. It really was nothing. Every scene was just Aiden them. is in two scenes. Every single one of them, every scene, it felt like just them at lunch. And every scene is interminable. Abu Dhabi. Or talking about something that is completely useless, like Paula Abdul. Yeah. Is she here? <laughs> I did get, no, I will say, and I've written here, is by virtue of the bad writing, this Kim Cattrall's finest comedic performance, because I will say, this woman is delivering lines mm. with such gusto, such verve. And I was watching an interview recently from about four years ago. Okay. With Olivia Coleman and Helena Bonham Carter. And they brought up this performance? No. They were talking about their acting skills. And they said, we've taken everything we know from Kim Cattrall and Sex and the City, too. No, they were saying that basically they were talking about the joy of getting good writing. And how for Olivia, she felt like when you get good writing, you can picture a million different ways to perform it. Mm -hmm. And Helena said, oh, that's so interesting, because when I get good writing, I can only see one way to do it. And actually, when the writing is bad, I start to have to think through all the ways I'm going to have to make it work. And that's when I become really, like, overly, I have to get creative. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you I saw Kim Cattrall, she's on the Helena Bonham Carter plan. Talk about Fruity Pebbles. Talk about... <laughs> because... This woman is spinning gold from shit. She she really was. Lawrence she of Mylabia. When she was packing her bag, throwing shit in it, and she said, oh, Paul Abdul, where is she when you need him? I thought, this is this is comedy. It was making me laugh, you know? You're right. She spun gold. When she when when Kristen Davis Charlotte simply looked at her and said, How are you gonna fit all those in your mouth? And she just deadpanned, have we met? <laughs> I thought I'm home again. 
Honey, I have to pull up my panties. I've got a meeting. <laughs> now that assistant, hmm. Where does she rank with our, remember that guy we love? I was like, can we bring him back for a cameo? Oh, the, the, that Misogynist that, that was like, I'll fuck you on this dresser right now. Yeah. But if I looked over and saw my boss, like, putting cream on her pussy in the workplace. Not her pussy. Remember, she was. I know, but I wasn't prepared for you to say It was pussy. just, dis- I was like, Samantha, this is not appropriate yeah it's like you, hr violation also, you don't need to have a glass when like went office then right you made this choice right especially her in the middle of times square <laughs> it actually is sort of like richard um right having a glass office when she's blowing him and i'm like yeah can't this man just not have had a glass office maybe it wouldn't have been as sexy um it wouldn't have been you know but I just thought everything Kim Cattrall was doing in this movie was hilarious. Even when she's grabbing the condoms and screaming, I have sex! Yeah, that, you know, it's a tough not, scene. It's not right. No. But it's not meant to be. Or when she's just getting so mad at everyone, like, where the mm-hmm. fuck is Charlotte? <sighs> We're looking for her, her open-toed purple pumps under... No, I know Carrie loves shoes, but that seemed very specific. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I think she had purple shoe, open shoes. She might as well have said the year and designer. Mm-hmm. But that was driving me crazy when Charlotte was like, the, for the girls. I, <laughs> Charlotte's really nuts. <laughs> like, ma'am, we're all going to go to prison. Like, we're about to be in a pro-tell palace. And that's just the way she had those two sheets. Well, for the girls. It's like, what is happening in this movie? I was like, what the fuck am I watching? These women are now in full head to do like, like two hijabs. hours and 30 minutes into it. Too. I'm in a hot sweat. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. All right. Um, how did you feel about sort of Samantha's storyline being so focused on aging? Does it feel like something that would be really true of Samantha or did did it or would a more empowering version of Samantha have just be totally okay with getting older or is it more honest to have her pushing back against it? I think it's more honest, but I also think she's like okay with getting older. I'm 50 fucking 2 and I will rock this dress. Yeah, like, I think she's okay with the number. It's just, like, the physicality of, like, you can't get wet or something is what's upsetting to her. Like, she can't fuck. Well, she could, because she was fucking Nikki left and right. I did like that line where Big says, I don't know which is worse, and Carrie just goes, Samantha, the baby will tire. Oh, yeah. So but then I was like, what is this? How many rooms in this hotel? Why are they all between one another? It's an inn. <laughs> like, I was like, We were is... fooled by the extravagant. But it white seemed walls. that everyone was staying there. Right. I don't know. Mad again, just basic madness. Madness. All right. So I don't really have much else to say about um Samantha. Oh, what did you think of? Did you like Ricard? So fucking hot. Did you prefer Ricard or Nikki? Nikki was um, Anthony's brother. No, I know. He was super hot, too. Uh, Ricard. Same. 
Ricard mm-hmm. got me good. Mm-hmm. When he pulled up in that sand dude. I, sand I didn't dude. care seeing his erection. Butt cheeks? No, I didn't. Oh, I liked his butt cheeks. I didn't like seeing his like erection in those. Maybe it was because it was so clearly was not an actual erection. Yeah. That it was just like, guys, come on. Either like get the actor Show hard us. or like don't. Like, but nobody wants to see like. It felt kind of like, like circusy. Yeah, just fake. Mm-hmm. Like they put a little Pez dispenser in there or something. Right. But I did like his butt at the end. Yeah, no, I love, you know, we love to see some cheeks. Mm-hmm. All right. So Charlotte, we've got Charlotte and Harry are now a family of four. And Rock is not sleeping and crying constantly. Mm-hmm. She's having trouble telling the truth of her situation and becomes worried that Harry might be having an affair with the Irish nanny. On vacation, she and Miranda have a bonding moment and she comes into contention with Carrie regarding her pushing the boundaries of marriage and tradition. At home, Charlotte finds everything a bit more stable thanks to the nanny being a lesbian and her being able to take two days to herself in Carrie's apartment. Now, do we love a storyline about the difficulties of motherhood from a wealthy white woman who has lived in help? Well, no. And they think they can get away with it by mentioning that? <clears throat> I Listen, I have to say it was just nice to have Charlotte have something to do. Then why give like, her the I nanny? Like, I enjoy her crying in the pantry. Right, but then why give her the nanny? Like, I would almost say, make her storyline her wanting to do it all and be perfect, which is totally in line with Charlotte. And but they not couldn't wanting... see the Jude Law joke, Chris. And that was so important. And that's important. <laughs> and it was also, so topical I do think it's in inappropriate. 2000- I think your nanny should wear a bra. And it was so topical in 2010. I feel like that happened in like 2004. It did. It did. Yeah, it did. Although I guess he is still like the preeminent man who slept with a nanny. Like, although ben no, maybe maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger now. Remember ben that nanny? Arnold. Jude. I feel. I feel like it's Arnold because then we saw that nanny and she was. Yeah, we saw the love child. Oh no! You remember what the nanny looked like? Yes. She was a bag of tricks. She yeah. still looked like Mama Elsa. Or Mama totally. Elena. What was mm-hmm. her mom? Mama Elsa. Mama, Mama Elsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> R.I.P. May she rest. A legend. Um, I don't know. No, I just I certainly totally don't think saying. you would do. It just to me seems like that would have been a much cut that out so th- and then make her story oh we're getting a nanny and i'm accepting the fact that you know it takes a village harry's mom's gonna come and help uh, although harry's mom is dead my mom's gonna come and help mm-hmm. like it just felt so like if because of the nanny it felt like all of her problems could have been solved for example Wait until the nanny is taking care of the children to make those cupcakes. Maybe do not wear a vintage Valentino skirt while making cupcakes. Mm-hmm. But the toughest part for me... Not to say that Kristen Davis isn't amazing in that um, pantry scene. Of course. But the tough part for me was when they cheers to the women the who moms. don't have help. <sighs> Now, I'm going to say something about that scene. 
I know it's not going to go over well with you, and I'm going to hear about it. And I've heard about it in our reviews, I saw. Oh, boy. This scene between Miranda and Charlotte is the original Barbie monologue. It is so pandering. It is so poorly written. It is so base to ideas we already know. This to that monologue? It's hard, but I love my kids. I need more than just my kid. I need to work. It's like, yeah, sweetie, this is feminine. This is like basic motherhood 101. Yeah, but like. They're reaching a mass audience of people that maybe right, and that's what they say about the Barbie, right? And that's what they yeah. say about the Barbie monologue. Even the, and to that point, I say it's still poorly written. And you can reach a mass audience with good writing. Gerda Greta Gerwig's done it before. Yeah, they've got more in common than you think. And we're going to hear you? about that because there was someone who wrote a review like, "And what we're not going to do is come for Barbie." Was it Gracie? <laughs> Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see it. It was actually quite funny. I I did have a laugh at it. And if you want to leave us a review, guys, please do. I look at them on occasion and I do just giggle. Oh, this one's about, like, um, our sound. Oh, Brian, that's you. (laughs) Actually, we're getting quite a few negative ones about me. Oh, wow. Yikes, I'm getting dragged. I can't even find the Barbie one. (laughs) Yikes, this someone said simply this this podcast is making me nauseous. What? (laughs) What do you mean? And someone saying I lack self-awareness. Chris. Your your mic is off, Sam. That's what we're hearing. They're getting really mic? Yeah, they're getting really tired of me. So much negativity. Hmm, I swear it was simply... Okay, put this away. I swear it was simply about Barbie. (laughs) No, it's about a lot of other things. Now I can't even find the button to click more to see good ones. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, anywho. Anywho. Guys, if you haven't left a review, please leave a good one, because... We're getting slammed over there left Ow, and right. Whoa. Maybe this podcast just needs to go behind a paywall. I think it might. Fuck the, I think it might. Yeah, fuck the people. <laughs> no, no. I actually, you know, who cares? Yeah. Um, We're what do you fun. think in this movie? Yeah, honestly. What do you think about this movie in terms of Charlotte as Carrie's antagonist? I enjoyed that. That I did like. Yeah. Like, I liked the tension between them sometimes, like, when they would be, you know, oh, did he have his wedding ring on? And or, she's like, no, and Charlotte, co- I was a little distracted by seeing my ex-fiance in, in a market. And, of course, we get the uh, much-memed Carrie moment on the plane. You just don't understand. Yeah. You just don't get it. Um, And I had forgotten there's the moment when they're, after she reads the bad review... Where she says, I should have just stuck to writing about being single. That's what I knew about. And now my husband wants two days away from me. And Charlotte goes, I thought you Didn't both you want wanted that. that. And she and Charlotte and Carrie's response is, Charlotte. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And She's I like, just stop re- it. Yeah. And then, of course, there's their tension right before she goes and sees um, Aiden. And I well, just Carrie's thought it was- really mean. 
I know. She put on that black eyeliner and really lost said, her I'm going to blast everybody in my way. Yeah. It was like she became like emo. She was like, where's my evanescence? And really lost oh, yeah. her goddamn mind. <laughs> Close the shutters, all of them. Yeah. Oh. Close the shutters. There was a nice emo carry line when she said, I thought you were going to say black like my soul. Oh, it's like Carrie, that's not even who she is. She does not have a black soul. She's like a very positive person. Is she? I think so. Um, So then I was going to say, oh, the one thing I wanted to know is if there was a Sex in the City 3, I think what could have been a really interesting way to go would have been to have there be conflict between Carrie and Samantha. Because first movie, we get Carrie and Miranda. This one, we get Carrie and Charlotte. And it would have been interesting that if in the third movie, Carrie, I'm sorry, Big dies. Mm -hmm. Somehow Charlotte and Carrie come in, I'm sorry, Samantha and Carrie come into conflict over perhaps Samantha trying to push her too much to date again. Or just, and the movies become this sort of triad of the three relationships contrast and coming together based around the idea of marriage, traditional marriage, and then re-entering sort of your 30s or your dating life, that age. But not really your age bracket, I shouldn't say, but that spirit of life, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I just wonder if they did kind of steered away from having conflict with those two, just because maybe it could have been like a little too real. Well, of course they had conflict in the original series and that's one of the best episodes that people really love. Mm -hmm. um, When she walks in on Samantha giving head. Right. But I feel like that's like the only time it is, but that is like one of, but I mean, if you think about it in the original, I mean, Miranda and she fight three times over the course of six seasons. So it's not like it was a show that really put them in conflict multiple times. It's sort of like in Friends, where the friend group has a a real fight in that one episode over money. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's like, it's very rare that there's like an argument on Mm -hmm. Friends that isn't easily fixed. Yeah. Even that was totally. I mean, I would be down to watch I just thought it would have been an interesting, I, I had forgotten that the first movie has the Miranda and Carrie sort of drama. Mm-hmm. And this one has Carrie and Charlotte conflict. It would be nice to see. And of course, I guess in Just Like That has this sort of manufactured Carrie and Char- Samantha drama. Right. It has to be solved off screen. But it becomes a professional fight rather than a personal one. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was watching this and I thought, wow, how interesting that in some ways this movie even makes you, God, I'm giving this movie more credit than it deserves. That Samantha really is in a different place in her life than these women. And you can almost see how exasperated they become by her at certain points. Yeah. And then to play like that out. It's not cute and fun anymore to them. They're like, okay. like Yeah, like play that out in in and just like that and really make it. You know, she got tired of going to kids' birthday parties. As mm-hmm. she says, like, I go to kids' birthday parties for you. You can come to Abu Dhabi for me. Maybe as the kids got older, that balance became harder. It became mm-hmm. harder for them to say, we want to go to Abu Dhabi, right? Like, I can't go on vac. I'm not going to go on vacation without my, like, 12-year-old. Right. 
And so it just like make it that Samantha felt out of place and she that would ring more true than like a then what was it PR she didn't want her to do the PR because she didn't need her to anymore yeah right like which doesn't I even guess. make any sense and right does Carrie even need a publicist well that's what Carrie said she was like I don't think I need one anymore but would care do do individual writers have publicists or don't they have publicists through their end of in their books I have no clue like, I would imagine if you have a publicist, you have a publicist for a project mm-hmm. because you are like writers aren't out there all the time. They're not actors who are on talk shows constantly. And right. Now, I don't know. Maybe they are, but I would always assume it's by the project. Yeah. But Lord knows. Um, let's get into Miss Bradshaw. Okay. So Carrie and Big are happily married, but are confronted with their choice not to have children. We get a sense of the domestic life that Carrie's built for them, but she begins to worry that their life is becoming stale. After spending some time apart while Carrie writes, Big suggests that they do it weekly. While on vacation, she runs into Aiden, they have dinner and kiss. She's ridden with guilt and tells Big they lose connection, or does he hang up? I, I think he, he might hang up. up. He might hang up. Ultimately, he forgives her and gives her a black diamond engagement wedding ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hated that fucking lady at the wedding. I hated her. Played by one of my favorite actresses who I'm seeing in just 10 days in her new Broadway musical. Shout out to Kelly O'Hara. I love her as a performer. Well, she And I thought really... she did a great job. She did. Girl. And I, I hated her, and she was on screen for two seconds. I love the beat. And she's in Gilded Age, isn't she? Is she? Kelly O'Hara. Yeah, because that whole show is populated mostly by Broadway actors. I don't... Maybe she's not a huge character on it. Yeah. What's her Who character does she play? name? Character. Aurora Fane. I hate this show, and I've... I, oh. <laughs> that is a... <laughs> Yeah. Aurora Fane is quite a name. Aurora Fane. She's got a big ass hat on. That's her? Mm-hmm. Kelly O'Hara. She me, a, I mean, obviously, she just looks very different. Amazing Soprano. Amazing Soprano, um, Broadway legend, Tony Award winner. Wow. She looked very different. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you can tell she the character is so into like, I'm you, I'm you. And that the minute she's Carrie says they're not having kids, she's like, Well, then we're, I'm not you anymore. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Like, goodbye. Um But look, did I not just last week say I was at a party and this was basically what happened to every person who walked yes, in? <laughs> literally. What's going on? Where the kids at? You having them? You want them? <laughs> so it's just you? And you're like, yep, just me. And imagine, I guess, how people feel about that when I say it. And I'm like, oh, also, I don't want to get married. So they're really like, wow, so it's just you. Yeah, that's... Yeah, people can't understand that concept. They're like, so you're going to die alone. (laughs) You're like, not really. Like, there's other options. I mean, I I think maybe people will be there, but... I was hoping I'm somebody. I'm gonna die without a spouse. I was like, I was hoping somebody might stop by. I wasn't hoping to die destitute and like get <laughs> in a ditch with no friends. I just, could I get a Facetime? Yeah. <laughs> like I was hoping a doctor might be there. 
Yeah, somebody. Um, I don't know. I mean, how the fuck did Michael Patrick think King think he could get away with a full storyline about whether or not they should have a TV in the bedroom? I forgot that that was like the big thing. What do you think of it him giving t- that to her as an anniversary present? Disgusting. It was no, crazy. But does she it feel gave like him big? Eighty thousand dollar Rolex, and he got her a plasma TV. No, how do you know desk? it was eighty thousand dollars? I googled it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so and they can't afford a twenty-two thousand dollar a night room. No. Please. Also, I think it was the fact that it was also in her desk. Like it was, he was transferring. Yeah, but she doesn't like, use that desk, does she? Yeah, there was like remember, papers and, then, and stuff on it earlier. Was there? Because remember, mm-hmm. and just like that, she's writing on that circular desk outside of her room. Maybe well, that's because that TV's in there. Yeah, it got taken over by the plasma. Why is their apartment so small? It feels teeny tiny. Like they, they don't have an office or a room for mm-hmm. him to work in. Nope. It just seems like, given where we started with um, Heaven on whatever it was. Heaven on Fifth, I'm like, what's going on here, guys? It seems we came down a little bit too much to Earth. Do <laughs> we have bit. a guest room? <laughs> no, this is a one. This is a two-bedroom that they transformed into a one with a closet. Yeah, I don't... I'm like... And look, I don't want a guest room because I don't want any guests, but can you get an office? I mean, one is she truly works from home. Truly, she's working on her desk next to her bed. And we had to see her scrunched in a hallway writing on a credenza with the flowers next to her. Yeah, Amongst the, the mail. The whole thing being he wants to just watch TV and she wants to go out. That's and what they throws her it. into the arms of Aiden Shaw. Which, okay, is that is the next. How does Aiden represent what's missing in her relationship with Big at this point? He He's literally the most at-home body man there is. Yeah. At home. He's also fucking out. married with three kids. And she says they're amazing, Aiden. I know. He goes, you look so fucking hot. I'm like, you're disgusting. He, said, he didn't say fucking. Yes, he did. He did. Did he? Yes, he did. He goes, fuck, you look so hot. I'm <laughs> like, you're disgusting. You have a fucking wife. Do you think his wife knew about this? This kiss? I forgot the part where he tells her, my wife's got one eye on you. Always has. I was like, whoa. What's his wife's name? Kathy. (laughs) How dare they? This show is so fucking rude to women who aren't these four women. And he's like, like, no other woman is like you. You're special. Now, you know, one of my major complaints with Taylor Swift is like her concept of herself. Uh, she's like, I'm such a crazy girl. Like, like I'm so crazy. I'm a, so I'm a nightmare dressed in a daydream. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and yet, like, her basically, you see her and it's like, you named your cats Meredith and like Olivia Benson and you bake and you seem to be at home all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you're not like this crazy girl like that's not my concept of taylor swift that she's like driving men like that she's got all these crazy like she's this wild cat that's driving men crazy with all her antics and like maybe strange desires if that if that is what she's it just seems to me anathema to her public persona because carrie's also fucking nuts because but what i'll say is is that all of these people are like carrie you are the most untraditional woman i've ever met i'm like is she 
like the no. whole point of Carrie is, is that every that all of the women who watch this show relate to her, and yet the, Aiden is looking at her like, "No one could ever tame you, you wild horse." Like what? <laughs> I think that that's the point. Is I'm I like, think is like, that true? So many women feel that feel way about themselves way feels, yeah and they want to hear like a sexy man be like you're the fucking hottest most unique baddest bitch you're but is so that true of carrie bradshaw uh, no like i was like what she is wanted, this concept of this woman the, i've never the only thing about carrie that's not traditional is she doesn't want kids and Truly at this it. point is that and by 2010 is that real that's not that this isn't 1920 that's not that untraditional of a concept in the year 2010 by the way they're act, not to be rude but they're acting like big and carrie got married at, at the age of 21 sweetie children were coming up the lazy yeah i know when she says we get a surrogate i'm like they're they're ain't they're elders yeah Big is 10 years older than her. Like, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't want a baby. Right. And also, let's be And I thought it was really interesting when she says to Aiden, we talked about it a lot. Really? Because when it's brought up, you both looked like deer in headlights. And also, to me, it seems wholly like something big just simply isn't interested in. Mm -hmm. For a man who's been married. And Carrie couldn't even have that conversation with Alexander Petrovsky. It also seems odd to me that Big doesn't have like adult children from his first marriage. Although I guess like he they were sure sleeping he... with they were sleeping with other people or something. Yeah, I don't think uh, that. I'm shocked he hasn't had like one kid. I'm shocked one hasn't come out of the woodwork. And look, and just like that season three, call us. I'm in an undisclosed. I'm in an I'm in an undisclosed role <laughs> as Big's love child. Small. Could you die? <laughs> um. <clears throat> Now, we got to talk about Big's suggestion. I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't either. I thought... I was like, two, really only nice. two days? Yeah. The bit, my biggest thing was, Carrie, don't have him go to your place. He doesn't want to go there. That literally made no sense. When she's like, okay, you go to my apartment. I was like, no, you go to your no, apartment. No, and you saw the look in his eyes. He's like, God damn it. Damn, I didn't I'm want that to be the option. I'm like, I'm not going to that shithole. Yeah. He's like, babe, not happening. He's like, I'll stay here. You go to that squatter's Dump. palace yeah he's like i thought i thought this was more for you like you would go there that ramshackle with blue walls oh my god she is still carrying um louise's love um bracelet what would you call chain? that thing not a bracelet chain, chain um around no mention of louise in this movie mm, none but I just didn't think it was that bad. Now, one scene that really did work for me is the bathroom scene where they're brushing their teeth. Oh, yeah. I thought the chemistry was there. I really enjoyed them talking. And I just thought, oh, this really works. Yeah, I agree. I think it worked. And it also, like, it made them feel more of, like, a real couple. Yeah, Um. but I don't know. <laughs> This is just really stupid. This whole story is really dumb. The kissing of Aiden feels completely unearned, unnecessary. It's so shoehorned in solely for the purpose of creating conflict. It's upsetting that then and then just like that, it's not even mentioned Mm -hmm. when they see one another again, those two dummies. Or Kathy doesn't bring it up. I don't think Kathy knows. You don't think you told her? Mm -mm. It's such a fucking snake. I think he went home. He and was so hot. 
He probably but told he also, Tate, like, and that's really why was Tate became started this, his problems. Well, he well, not was Tate, really Wyatt. leaning into that hippie Aiden. They like to to like make him out to be. He's like, I was smoking peyote, and I was I'm selling rugs. I'm sorry, you mean peyote? Peyote? peyote. What did you, pay, you called it peyote? Peyote? <laughs> peyote? <laughs> peyote? I don't like, know. Really yeah, like now he's selling like rugs. This, which isn't that different? Isn't that different than furniture? He sells them with the furniture. He said. Oh, he sells the rugs, so he's not making them. No, 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 no. He buys Got it. them. I was like, them. now he's like weaving rugs. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is this man doing? No, but I think he's really supposed to just be like the antithesis of Big in this movie. Like, where but he's, like, in this case, Big is becoming me. an Aiden. No, but I mean, in the sense where he's like, I'm so chill and like hippie and like I'm but in it would Morocco. Be one, but I think it would be one thing though if she ran into Petrotsky who represents a sort of cosmopolitan, out-all-the-time, artisanal life. Mm-hmm. Well, Aiden the was fooling she, her. The thing she is upset with about Big is, is that he wants to stay at home all the time and order food and sit around. Mm-hmm. That is Aiden Shaw. So it's like... I think she the was only, The only dichotomy there is in our eyes as an audience, not in the reality of who they are as people. Mm-hmm. And so it just doesn't really work. And I didn't find their chemistry to be that great. And he's only in seven minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. Did they have him for a day? Yeah. He's not that busy. I don't know. John Corbett's like a busy guy. No. He is. I don't think he was that busy in 2010. You don't think? No, nor is he that busy now. I mean, look at him. He's, he's in a his, new show. He was literally lying to get on in just like that season one. He's in Masters of the Air. Which is coming out soon. Straight to DVD. Apple TV with Barry, whatever his face, and Austin Butler. Who the fuck is Barry? What's his face? Barry, fa- Barry face. What's his face? Hey, Barry. Oh, Barry, like from the TV show. No, Barry from Saltburn. Barry Keoghan. Yes. What the hell was this? You just did like an, like you were bouncing a basketball. (laughs) Fucking the ground. All right. Um, I'm so tired of talking about this movie. I know. How long have we been talking about this? An hour and 42 minutes. Okay. We got to get out of here because we need to record a bonus after this. Um, Do you have anything else to say about Carrie and Big? No. And sort of Carrie in general in this? No. Other than the fact that I found her really annoying. Like oh, when she, she was, was at her most annoying. When she was getting undressed and then kept coming, it's a little loud. It's like, yeah. he's just trying to watch... Now, here I go. She like was you, really annoying. Like how you were with Steve last week. I'm like, can this elder gentleman who's worked all day to pay for this apartment watch some fucking deadliest catch? Yeah, she was really on one. Like... Jesus Christ, you're buying $30,000 watches. I don't think I do, do I, is paying for that watch, sweetie. I notice those books are real thin. Yeah, I do, do I was about 80 pages. Yeah, <laughs> large font. That was a quick read. Yeah. Um. All right, fashion-wise, I thought this movie was a hit in terms of looks. My favorite look was... The tangerine dream Halston dress Carrie wears to go for the oh, walk on the beach. Love. That is just a stunner. So beautiful. And her tan looks gorgeous. 
I just think the women really, the looks, they turned them the fuck out. Now, when they went cattywampus was when <laughs> they went on the camels. Uh-oh. And every time they started to play that old music in the background. Sort of reminded me when they used to have like Jill Zarenzine on Roni and they would play klezmer music like Jewish. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys. Come, or like Alex on. McCord, they would always play clown music. It's like, guys, come on. We don't need to be underscoring Jewish scenes with like this music. Like mm-hmm. it's not. And it was like just Arabian Nights. And it was like how we found our like theme music where I just typed in Sex in the City and the free music. And it was sax in the city. And you yeah, said, that's the one for that's us. That's the one. And this was just like they typed in like Arabia into like Google and we're like print cut. Into let's iMovie. Go. Yeah. yeah. But um, on the whole, I thought the looks in this movie were really great. As I said, I think Samantha looked crazy. Yeah, she sometimes. wasn't hitting. Hitting it out of the park. I can't think of one I really loved. I liked her red number when they're doing karaoke. Yeah, but I, there was like her at the pool. I thought she looked crazy. Her in the desert, she looked nuts. Well, they all looked fucking nuts in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Miranda's gold opening look when they're meeting. Stunning. Stunning. Obviously, her wedding look was amazing. Carrie's hat on the way to Abu Dhabi. <gasps> Chris, I couldn't believe my eyes. Oh, 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 oh. we got to talk about the one scene that. Which one? Okay. I almost blacked it out again. When after Samantha has had her, we have sex diatribe on the streets and uh, men of Abu Dhabi are chasing them. They are saved by a group of women and they go into like a side village little area. Into a, yeah. And these women. <laughs> guys, uh, it, it doesn't even bear repeating. It is the most terribly written thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They don't even allow the women to speak English so that, like, we can have a moment of communication between, like, cultures and understanding. And, in fact, the whole scene is on the button of, like, we don't understand these women. Yeah, but we're the same. And then the women remove their traditional clothing and reveal the ugliest outfits I've ever seen on <laughs> Sex in the City in six in six seasons of the in, and in fact I'm including and just like that I'm including I'm including the Carrie Diaries and I'm every frame yeah and I hope Pat Field did the Carrie Diaries and didn't do it just also, like that I did have a laugh though when they all pulled out the Suzanne Summers book uh, no I was like guys come I was on. like I did laugh. Those and I wondered if Suzanne Summers like had to pay for that. Did they pay Suzanne, or did she have to pay to get that um in there? I have no clue because like it was everywhere. I felt like I saw that book more it than I saw Harry. Go- I saw that her on the cover of that book more than I saw Harry. For oh, for sure. But Sam, that scene, no, I was, truly I blocked it out too. I saw it last night when I this morning they when said, I watched these it. women are just like us. I was like, wait a minute. Did I, I was like, have I seen this before? It's like, is this a new scene they added to the movie? It felt like a bonus. Like, it was sort of like when like, all the women start dancing around in Carrie's clothes in the closet, if you're only watching it on DVD. It's like, I was like, I don't think I've seen this before. It was and giving, then I watched the movie a few hours later, and I saw it again, and I thought, have I seen this before? It's crazy. And they're like, we like seeing the men all upset. 
and they'll angry. be angry for years. And I'm like, wait, they speak English now. Uh huh. Not later. Not in one second. Nope. And to put them, one woman is wearing a blouse, orange feathers, that has two layers. One of which is sitting so low on her that makes you look pregnant. Mm-hmm. One woman is wearing a boxy blouse that seemed to be made of tie dye. It, it, it does not. It's insane. It's an assault on my eyes and my senses. <laughs> that was the point in which I was like, "This is so garish. I can't look at this." Well, I turned it off. I said, "Time to go." <laughs> oh, Speaking you didn't finish the go, movie. I after just got that. a low battery notification. <laughs> <laughs> We've been recording for so long. All right, so that's the fashion recap. In terms of men, we got Big Steve, Harry Smith, Stanford, Anthony, Nikki, Ricard, Guru, and Abdul. Who are you going with, Ricard? And I'm going with Guru. We didn't talk about him much, but he was Carrie's assistant in the home. He was Louise. Yes, he was. And and yet he was not a ghost because other people did see him. And interact. And he had more of an arc. He did. And I felt Carrie's gift of that money was better than that ugly purse. That was so kind. Honestly, she should have given Louise cash. For, for I guess sure. she was paying Louise, but... Louise was also a ghost. Right. Um, and, but Guru would go on, the actor, to star on an, an NBC show that only I watched called Smash. <laughs> and I had quite a crush on him on that show. So to see him as Guru, I was like, woo, there he is. Oh, there he is. What would you give this out of 10? Now, I know you started at about a 9.5. Chris, I started at a 12. Where you at now? I've already done nothing to uh, to stop my negativity. A six. Where are you at? I I don't think this movie deserves a rating as it does not follow the rules of a movie. So I'm giving it a zero. But as an experience. Okay, I'm listening. As a movie, it's a zero. Because it can't be tamed, quote Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. As an experience, it's an eight. Because there's nothing it else a fun like experience. it. It is wild in every way. Yeah. And hell if we didn't just talk for almost two hours about it. Two hours it, so. about it. Oh. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again in a few weeks. Well, I think just next week. Sorry about that. When we return to cover the first episode of The Carrie Diaries, we will, well, again, I don't want to promise, we will start with only covering the first episode of The Carrie Diaries. Mm-hmm. And I make no promises we'll continue, but it might. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings positively wherever you listen to podcasts and you can support us by joining us on patreon over at patreon.com slash shortcomings podcast and you can follow us online i'm at c lewis 1219 on instagram sam where are you i'm at bravo historian on instagram and i'm at take your on twitter all right guys bye bye